All right, people. This is going to be good because this is going to be an education for these kids over That's here. That's right. They don't know They don't know nothing about they don't know about anything we're talking about. <laughs> None. But they will. They'll learn now. So, people, Woodstock 1969, Martin, despite the not-so-comfortable conditions of that music festival, it was still a music festival full of, full of peace, love, Martin. Harmony. And so, no, and <laughs> peace, love, and togetherness. We have to do things differently. We were looking for answers. We were looking for other people that felt the same way as we did. Oh, you can feel you can feel those good vibes going on right there, Martin. Look at all that nasty the, shit, and everybody the, is still the good drugs too. Oh, mm-hmm. and the best, best drugs out there, Martin. Brought people closer together. Mm-hmm. Woodstock, 1999, on the other hand. People, that was the festival of rage, riots, and rape. The three R's, boy, no shit. Yeah, people. <laughs> this festival right here. So this was Woodstock 1999, which they hoped to create the love, peace, and magic of 1969, mm-hmm. which obviously did not happen. No. And this is prompted, what changed, it, Corey? What changed? That's what we're gonna find mm-hmm. out because this. Disaster here that is known as Woodstock '99. Well, they parted like it was 1999. <laughs> <laughs> it should start looking Shit. like the, the end of the world. That yeah, was predicted. Yeah. 2000 party over. Oh, Y2K. Like, yeah, Y2K. Y2K, like, K, wait, yeah. Wait, 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 I'm supposed to be the one ending the world. What are y'all doing? <laughs> Some people knew it was the end of the world, but they didn't think they were getting out alive. <laughs> <laughs> they were living in hell over there. This prompted people for two decades to ask, what the fuck happened? Where did all this go wrong? And that is what this Netflix documentary attempts to answer right here, which is called Train Wreck, appropriately. I, I, I feel like calling it Train Wreck is just too on the nose. Too, <laughs> like, you, you don't really need that part. I thought you were going to be like, oh, that's too, that's too easy. That's too nice. <laughs> it, well, it, yeah, I suppose it does make it seem like, oh, well, maybe some people bought tickets and they were fakes. Yeah. <laughs> no. No, no, no. Train Wreck. Woodstock 99, that's the documentary on Netflix, which hopes to answer several questions. Uh, now, while we're watching this, you know, it's been out for about a week. There's a few reasons why I want to watch this, but let's go ahead and watch the trailer right now. We'll come back with our review. Woodstock 99. It was going to be the biggest party on the planet, but that's not what any of us remember it for. What the hell happened? It really felt like it was flower power and coming together in harmony. I've never seen this many people. It was peace and love and music. That was it. It felt like a crowd that could turn at any time. It was like this unleashing. All this energy. There was no control. The environment was just very male ego. I started seeing large groups of dudes surrounding women. There was a lack of respect. Given the climate of the guys there, I'm not surprised by it. Hey guys, back, give us some room. You're getting scary here. 
What sort of setup do you have for accountability? How many security guards do you have on site? They were glossing over all of that. Big fat ripoff. They're all about making money off us and we're pissed. But the show was going to go on. I think we need to see a whole hell of a lot more. When you see it with your own eyes, it is just 10 times more shocking. Once you become part of a herd, you become like animals. Things are just getting out of control. And all of these people were acting like animals. We got fires everywhere. Look at this. Kerosene. Match. Y'all know I love to go to music festivals, and uh, I actually wanted to go to that one, and I realized that not only did I, I didn't, I did not dodge a bullet, I dodged a goddamn nuclear bomb <laughs> with that. Well, I don't know how you would have got to that one, because I don't see anybody who's not white in that crowd. No, there was, I, I was about to say there that. Was, no, there or was, they, or they were way in the back. Oh, you didn't see the whole thing. There was some black people there. Okay. I mean, it wasn't many, but yeah, it, they, they I, were there. They okay, were. the whole time I was watching, I saw none. Yeah, oh, you, no, I saw. I, 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 what I saw was 80% white dudes with no shirts. That's correct. There was <laughs> the other was the other was ninety percent white girls with no shirts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there was about ten percent black people there. No, I, I saw some because well, some most of them were working there. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, working and on yeah. the stage, I saw some. Yeah, but no, there was uh, no, was, there was some black people smattered about <laughs> out there. Okay, maybe six. Yeah, yeah but uh, the reason why, reason why we were uh, we're talking about this is because man, look, I. For one thing, the people call this the this, the OG Firefest, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it I, is. I love that Firefest documentary, man. I love that whole I love that whole story behind Firefest. Y'all remember that one, man? There's mattresses all over the place getting soaked. The save yourself mode kicked in. Right, it's a free for all. It became this looting mentality. There's an angry mob. They're pissed off and they want their money. Powerful models built this festival. And then one picture of cheese on toast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that is a, man, that is a that is a legendary photo right, right? there. I'll call that one cheese on toast. <laughs> Which is actually a lie, because I didn't even toast it. That's just bread. Bread, yeah. With some with some damn uh, hot lettuce and tomato. That shit ain't even crispy. It's all just wilted and everything. Wait, don't eat it all. That's gonna last you the whole time. <laughs> somebody, somebody was murdered for that. Right that shit was the apocalypse. Just take little bites. Yeah, I, man, I just, I just love, I love that fire festival documentary, man. I've watched it a couple of times afterwards. <laughs> Enough to get two out, two going at the same time. Yeah, yeah, and I watched both of them. Mm-hmm. That one was on Netflix, also the one that we just looked at, and that's the one I actually think I like the the, the, the most. But they're both good because they both offer different angles of it. I just love seeing shit devolve into chaos. But fire festival compared to what happened at Woodstock '99, that shit was Disneyland. Yeah, I I thought. Woodstock '99 was tame until you got to day three. No, and see that's another thing. I see the reason I was doing this is because I just I want to watch this anyway, and since we didn't have too much going on this week, and I was gonna watch it, I was like, well, shit, you know, let's just review it tonight because I can, you know, it's only three episodes, mm-hmm. and I can get it done. They're not, they're not very long, so yeah, watch this, man. And uh, yeah, the more we got into it, it's like I was like, man, yeah, yeah this is worth talking about. I actually, have, uh, I've learned some things, as in I didn't know it was this fucked up. Mm-hmm. I remember Woodstock '99 going on. I do not remember 
all of the press conferences and all of the people who were taking responsibility, people passing the buck. It was crazy, Whoa, man. Whoa, there's some passing the buck. <laughs> Ooh, that buck is hot. <laughs> that buck be bucking. <laughs> well, we, we, we couldn't have known. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't publicized. What? See, here's, here's the thing with... Uh, Here's the thing with uh, with with Woodstock '99 because we're gonna review this and also I'm gonna talk about some things and Martin could you know you can put your you can put your opinions in there too but I'm gonna talk about just personally why after watching this I say who the fuck thought this was ever going to work right this is this is nowhere near what they were doing with the original Woodstock back in 1969 see the the, the intention for Woodstock 1999 they were so the opposite of 1969. It was doomed before it even began, mm-hmm. just conceptually. Yeah, I mean, on paper, it was never going to work for these people. Well, especially since they tried it in 94 and couldn't get it off the ground. Yeah, but see, what they did was they blamed weather in 1994. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, we didn't just have these, the conditions just weren't, they, they, just, they, weren't, they weren't right at the time. So let's just try this again. But, but what really baffled me is like, like the, the original creator, Michael Lang, who is this guy right here, He's in thing is, uh, you know, you want him to take responsibility for some of this, but he ducked out because he died. Oh, did he? Yeah, like two months after they did this. Uh huh. Two months after they did this, he yeah he he ended up passing away. I think he had some kind of cancer or something. He was like well, seventy three. You know, well, okay, he looks like he has something right there. Yeah. But he always had a way of just hanging in the back and smiling, like everything's gonna be all right. We're like, well, he seems calm, so I guess yeah. it's gonna be okay. But and all the time he was just like, yeah, because I ain't gonna take the yeah. blame for none of this. <laughs> this is one of the times you're like, you know what, cancer gonna do me good because I'm out here. <laughs> See. You. <laughs> man, hold this buck for me right here. <laughs> yeah, Michael no Lang, man. Uh, he's in interviews for a lot of the original Woodstock, man. A lot of stuff that was uh, when they were doing a, you know, a lot of uh, filming. And there's a lot of documentaries out about Woodstock. There he is right there. And, it, you know, the thing is, he's the original creator. And it was like he, what baffles me is that he was, he was clueless. Yeah. He was clueless as to what made the first festival that he created, mm-hmm. or he helped create, what made that work? Completely oblivious to it. And I was just baffled by that. I mean, I don't know if he got older and just more business-minded or whatever, well, greedy. Know, that, that's what, that, that was always what was happening, was all the, all the flower children, the, the, you know, the hippies, or whatever you want to call them at the time, and they, 20 years later, they decided they want to make money, and they got very corporate, and they turned yep. their back on all those values they had before. Yeah, and see, that's the thing here, man. And yeah, the first one was done out of the spirit of we're going to bring everybody together, we're going to have this music, it's going to be wonderful. And with this one, it was like, we're going to make money off yeah. this. See, the thing with the original Woodstock is that it was, it, was, it was done for profit. You know, make no mistake, everybody had actually, let me hold that because I, I think you're buzzing in there. Or let me cut it off until you want to talk. If you want to tell you what, if you want to talk, yeah, do that. And even here, let me know because it does sound like somebody hit their head on the wall. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Woodstock '69, you know, make no mistake, it wasn't like conceived as you know a free for all. That shit was meant to make profit in the beginning too. Yeah, because it costs uh, a lot of money. Yeah, but the thing, but the thing is, and everybody's heard about this, it just got so out of control they couldn't keep the fences up, man. And it just became a free concert. But that led to the whole feeling of, of Woodstock 1969, man. Once it became a free concert, 
you know, it, it, it didn't have this whole corporate feel to it anymore. Everybody just kind of accepted it. Mm-hmm. Everybody said, all right, you know what, we're not going to make as much as we thought we would on it, but this is really cool that it is, it is definitely, you know, sincerely about uh, peace, peace and love, man. <laughs> or at least fun. Yeah, you know, everybody had, like you said, everybody had those good drugs. Everybody was looking out for each other. And I'll, and I'll explain why that was the case also as we get later into the review. Because, uh, again, everything is just the opposite of where we were with Woodstock 1999. Now, for Woodstock, for Woodstock 1999, as Martin pointed out, the first thing they said when they started getting this together was, we need to make a profit. Don't y'all even, don't, don't you call nobody, don't you do no designs, don't you, do, don't you invite no bands until you make sure we are making money. Uh, and that was admitted by one of, the, uh, one of the organizers himself, one of the money backers. And I forgot the guy's name, and there he is right there. <clears throat> Inconceivable. <laughs> <laughs> we don't make a profit. But, you know, uh, he was talking about, and a lot of this came from 94. Mm. From Woodstock 1994, because like Woodstock 1969 and 94, the fences broke open yeah. and people just got in. And he's like, we didn't make no money. And that's bullshit. That's not happening again. And I said, do me a favor. Just hold on just a minute. I want you to hear something. Oh, oh that's the James that, Brown oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Hold on. See I love how he, he talks like he's the hero of that story. Oh, I know. <laughs> Well, you know what? No, I'll put it on here because that's the thing with uh, Woodstock uh, 99. When it started, when it started, it was actually looked like they had a grip on everything. Mm-hmm. It actually looked like they had a handle on everything. You know, that's the cool thing about this special right here, uh, this documentary, is that it takes you day by day into, uh, uh, you know, the highlights of all three days. And right from the beginning, you know, everybody was op- optimistic, you know, uh, and, and it's funny because as a person who's watching it, you even kind of forget that this thing went off the rails. It's like, all right, this looks like everybody has control of the situation. Uh, you know, there's a situation where this man wanted to pay James Brown when he wanted to pay James Brown. He was trying to do a power move. James Brown said, I ain't, I'm, not, I'm not coming out and performing unless you pay me. And he pulled some power move on James Brown that got him out there. And I'm sure that put him in the mentality of, oh, you know what? Psh- I got the rest of this weekend right, right here. Right. Shit, I'm the man. Yeah, look look at and this I crowd said, I pulled here. Yeah. It, do me a favor. <clears throat> just hold on just a minute. I want you to hear something. One, two, three. I said, go fuck yourself. James realized the moment. He knew this wasn't most shows. You know, it was from that moment where he's like, yeah, this is going well. And that's why he thought, like, you know, he had this almost had a, his ego got into it. Mm-hmm. And that's when they really start pushing the thing into being profit-driven. Like, like 1969, they were getting through the fences and everybody was cool with that. 1994, they had another one that got all muddy and everything. The weather was bad. And so people start getting to the fences on that. And then when they weren't getting a profit, they say, yeah, that's bullshit, man. No, we're we going to get our money this time. At least half of the total audience got in for free. It's not a free concert. This is a paid concert. The music was absolutely amazing, but it didn't make any money. 
And, and then along comes <laughs> Woodstock 99. I mean, we absolutely had to make a profit. And that is where it immediately became a corporate thing. That's because the, they just sold completely out. Mm -hmm. You know, there was a old, there was just like overabundance of everyone trying to make money there. Sure. Especially you know, the vendors. Yeah, corporate sponsors were brought in. Uh, vendors were price gouging people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Instead of peace and love, you know, there was, you know, immediately there was this air of cynicism that just spread over sure. everything. And everybody just like, okay, everybody just greedy as everybody else. Well, from the moment people entered and they confiscated their water bottles and made them pay $4 for water. Yeah. That, that's where it started. In the beginning, too. Had them fools. And they almost felt like, okay, so you pulling a scam. Like, mm -hmm. you taking our water because you know we get in there. We, we got to sit on that hot-ass concrete. Uh -huh. And it was sweltering out there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was funny. Even the... It got so cynical, even the artists, man, that showed up. Because the artists, you know, they're like, well, fuck, we just flying and get paid and we fly out. Even they started calling that shit out, man. Like, the, one of the dudes from Metallica was like, ain't no, this bullshit ain't about no peace and love. Peace and love equals capitalistic venture. There you go. Let's call a spade a spade. Come on. <laughs> yeah, we here to get paid. Yeah, come on, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's, a, you know, that's where you have to look at the attitudes and compare them from 99 to 69, man. You know, uh, well, in, in, in Woodstock, Woodstock 1969, I mean, when they ran out of food and things went crazy, people volunteered to feed people for free. Yeah, everybody was kind of taking care of each yeah, other. Yeah, everybody was looking at each other, after each other. Well, it was a, cult, a different vibe just in the country, because by the 80s, you got that greed is good, and yep. it carried over into the night. It's still now, where everybody yeah. is more about worshiping money or how much as you make. That's what's most important. But, you know, you look at... Uh, you look at this documentary right here white of of, of uh, uh, Woodstock 1999 and you see where like where people were feeding each other for free at this other concert here people are drinking shit water mm -hmm. because people are selling you talk about $4 that's when you got there by Sunday when they ran out of water and they saw that people were drinking water with shit particles in it they they raised the price of bottles up to $12 yeah Get the fuck out yeah, of here. You know, no, oh, no, oh, you, yeah, yeah. By the, by the last day when people were running out of stuff, the people who had stuff were jacking their prices way up. Oh, yeah, damn. Julian, you so cheap, you would have been drinking shit all day. <laughs> 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 got that, uh, what's a toilet water? Yeah. Shit. shit is free. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Julian, your breast smell like shit, I know. <laughs> yeah, it's funny to talk to somebody who's using the, 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 the water you can get out of the fountain. She's like, well, they're over-exaggerating by saying it's brown. It's just cloudy and tinted. No, some, some girl got some shit I ain't even heard of called trench mouth. She said she drank some water and she looked at... Oh, you never she, heard of that? No, I ain't never heard of that. Yeah. She said she looked up and she had cold sores and uh -huh. ulcers all over her uh -huh. mouth. And somebody said, she, you got trench mouth. Yeah. She said, I thought that's what the bands was playing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a real thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Uh, so, you know, you listen to what we're saying right now. And uh, you're thinking, well, you know, that obviously paints the organizers of the festival as irresponsible and, uh, and incredibly greedy. And, yeah, depending on who you're listening to, uh, depending on the point of view that you take, because another great thing about this documentary is that they have so many different points of view. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm saying that you get to make your own decision. 
that decision ain't too hard to make you listen because some of these people here, man, because they have a lot of interviews by people who have a lot of different experiences of what happened here, man. Uh, and, you know, what, what is cool about that is that it comes from people who it's the organizers, it's the reporters who were there. It's the attendees. There are, you know, there's so many people who are there, and all of them have a different story based on what experience that they had. I like that they talk to the staff. Yeah, because the staff, you know, the staff talks about what happened with the business of everything, but the staff is also saying most of the time we're just trying to get the fuck out of there alive. They said by Sunday, mm-hmm. they said that should turn into a war zone, man. Yeah. They said it was. They say it was a combination between a war zone and a zombie movie, yep. like those, and not the and not the old slow ass moving no. zombies, like them infected crazy ass yeah. fast zombies. The, the Twenty eight days later, yeah, zombies. yeah, they had fools in there working the concert, trying to do technical stuff, and they felt that shit knocking and like, hey, wait a minute, hey, hey. <laughs> well, shit, even by day two, the cameramen were getting shit thrown at yeah. them. batteries. They had something they oh, called shit. the yeah batteries and shoes. <laughs> oh damn! Things somebody threw a wheelchair up there <laughs> with the. Person still in it, <laughs> but but they had something called the Alamo because they were they were under siege. <laughs> they were held up. They couldn't get out of there. You know what? Even when they ran to that, I was like, "Why are you gonna close yourself off? They're gonna break through those barricades. Yeah. What are you doing? You're looking at that right there. No, people, that's not a concert. That's a zombie attack. Like they actually had to fly choppers in and tell people, yeah, get, like like when you're in war uh-huh. and then, you know people call for for the chopper. <laughs> get need, to the chopper. I need the chopper. Get to the chopper. They say, yeah, they have people just working sounds. Sound like they were in a war zone. Get us the fuck out of here, man. We need we, we need, need help. Evac. We yeah we yeah. <laughs> At that point, it was like a mayday. I don't know. It was like an SOS went out from you know from the sound tower guys. Now, if you were to hear that and not see, you think they're talking about like Argent, like uh, uh, Afghanistan, uh-huh. a Bosnia or some shit. No, nah, that's 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 Woodstock. <laughs> I never heard, thought I hear uh, something called Woodstock where some people are like, get your people out of there. Right. God damn it, <laughs> it's a war zone down here. <laughs> yeah, injuries even look like they were from a war, man. People backstage bleeding profusely from their heads. I follow them into the medical area. And what I saw was incredibly frightening and shocking. Oof. I saw blood on the ground. I saw somebody getting staples in their head. Yeah, and you know, uh, even with that, those extremes happening right there, the documentary, like all good documentaries should do, they just sit back and let you just kind of make your, your your decisions for yourself because there's never, even when looking at all these shocking images, it's never like a who's right or who's wrong. Mm. You know, just people just making their, you know, giving their testimony, making their statements, and leaving it up to you to, to make up your mind on how you feel about it, which is what it should be. Uh, and you will, because I tell you, before it's done, some of these people just don't know when to shut the fuck up. Some of these people are talking, like, the main of the organizers. Yes. Because there's a lot of, there's a lot of blaming each other. Blaming each other and pointing fingers at, like, just t- not taking personal responsibility at yeah. all to set something up like they're going to and then the but and like there's yeah. no but here like that John Sher right there Woodstock oh, he's that's the, worst. the guy the Woodstock promoter like he's you know he's he's a he's a nice fatherly looking guy like real calm he seems cool at first but the more you hear him talking the more you you see how he's not too different from some other people just shifting blame like this was their one time right here to sit up here and say you know what I'm so sorry for what happened I take responsibility, yeah. but everybody still 
they don't want no lawsuits. Yeah. And still yeah. consider the lawyer around yeah, or no, something. There's, there's things that we probably could have done and we didn't do this. Yeah. But, but it's like, yeah, and it, what really pissed me off is that he kept wanting to blame the well, performance. Well, hold on, I was gonna say that this man right here, he, because uh, one dude just flat out said, "Nah, man, it'll let biscuit fall." Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Nah, ooh, that that Fred Durst and his crazy antics out there, man. If it weren't for him, shit, everything would have been fine. He destroyed Woodstock 1999. It didn't take into account. <laughs> What a, what a jerk Fred Durst is. <laughs> what a jerk Fred Durst. Yeah, that asshole. Yeah. Because yeah. at first I was like, well, you you hired him. You should have known. But then the more I watched him, I'm like, Fred Durst didn't tear up shit. No. He, he, don't don't put it on him. Even if by the end of this clip you're going to see, they say it ain't, it ain't their fault. Limp Biscuit going Limp Biscuit. Yeah. <laughs> Biscuit going Biscuit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> shit, you the one that invited them out exactly. there. One dude said they did exactly what they were supposed exactly. to do. Exactly. He was enjoying it. Fred could have quieted him down yeah. in a minute. But instead, he was riling up the crowd. Pointing the finger at Fred is about the last thing anybody should do. There really isn't a way to control 300,000 people. The best thing he could do is put on the best show possible, and that's what he did. I don't think you can blame Limp Bizkit for being Limp Bizkit. Yeah. yeah, shit. The biscuit gone biscuit, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, but yeah. there are some people who are even split on that. That's the thing. Like the concert promoters, you expect them to like blame other people. But then there's some there's some uh, reporters who were there that were like, well, yeah, it ain't his fault, but he could have done something. You know, he could have he because they say his ego got in. He pushed people. So again, it depends on how you look at it. That's that guy's narrative. Yeah, even even watching that, I was like, eh. yeah. he's, he's putting on the show. He came out to. That these people paid to see that he had planned to do, he didn't make anybody do anything. Yeah, but again, I'm just I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just, no, I'm just saying I'm just, that's that's my opinion yeah. of it. But just watching it, I was but, like, but you see how that works? Like you got your opinion, and yeah. then all these other people. Because I've read different articles where like, nah, you know, they they did what they supposed to do. Some other articles like, these are these are critics who were like, yeah, you know, watching this. And even seeing Limp Biscuit uh, footage of it back in the day, like, yeah, he was wrapped up in himself, and he could have done something to calm people down. Like he lent to it. People were out there in danger, you know. He pushed it. So I don't know. You know, it depends on your point of view. You know how you the the, the documentary leaves it up to you mm. to figure it out. They never say he's wrong or right. So then that's what a documentary should do. I was impressed that they got the higher ups to all to 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 agree to be there. Because they made some stupid-ass mistakes. They must have told them, got them there under false pretenses. We just, we just want to do a thing glorifying <laughs> the great accomplishment you made. <laughs> now tell us about it. Oh, well, thank you, young man. I <laughs> uh, remember Woodstock 99 like it was yesterday. <laughs> yes, I hired Limp Bizkit. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was surprised by because they made some dumb decisions, man. Near the end of the, so get this, near the end of the festival, your man over here, the the, the original guy, uh, Michael Lang, he's after all these people done acted a fool out here and lost their minds and it got violent and crazy and nasty. He's still trying to th talk about love and peace. Yeah. <laughs> so he decided that he wanted to have uh, he wanted to end the concert with a candlelight vigil. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, because he wanted he wanted to make a statement about gun violence because Columbine had just happened. I love that that 
yeah, his, this idea that this this rowdy concert is almost a riot is going to make a statement about gun he's violence. He's going to make a yeah. He's That's going to do something. <laughs> That's going to calm him down. Yeah. Hey, people, can we just get together for the victims of Columbine, please? And he'd be he motherfuckers like, no, where's the next act? And that was the next thing. After the Red Hot Chili Peppers went on, they thought people heard everything from Prince to Michael Jackson being mm-hmm. there. And instead, they uh, had Rolling a, Stones. They, Rolling Stones. <laughs> and instead, they had candles. Now, first of all, no matter, they, they started getting crazy because they thought something else was going to happen. And it didn't. So they lost that shit already. But these people were already insane. These people are already destroying shit. Mm-hmm. And there was somebody on the phone. Somebody on the phone that said the last thing that we need to give these crazy motherfuckers is fire. Yeah. <laughs> and what did they do? They told him to shut up. Yeah, he told him to <laughs> shut up. And what did they do? They, well, they, they handed them candles out. And what did they do? They set that shit on fire. <laughs> They burned that vessel to the ground. <laughs> it went into a full-on riot. Yeah, 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 yeah. People, they, they, they already had dynamite and gasoline. They just threw matches at them. Well, it's just the fuck. It's just funny <laughs> with, with this going on. The, the Red Hot Chili Peppers sing uh, the Jimi Hendrix song where "Let Me Stand Next yeah. to Your Fire." They did a yeah, they did a, they did a tribute to Jimi Hendrix. They told him. They said one of the guys said uh, Anthony. Who's the lead singer of Red Hot Chili Peppers? Anthony Keaton. Anthony, go out there and say something, man. You know, they'll listen to you. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I know they will. Burn this motherfucker down! <laughs> fire! <laughs> Let me stand yes, to your fire. fire. Let me stand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're back saying, like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> like, kudos to Anthony Keaton. They're like, well, you can get out there and say something. He's yeah. like, no, I can't. <laughs> that don't even make sense. Yeah. Oh, you want me to say something? All right, then yeah. fine. Like, I'll go out there and he sang a song with about fire. Yeah. They're like, God damn, you couldn't sell, you couldn't sing TLC's Waterfalls or something. <laughs> <laughs> something with liquid. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Flea was out there with his ass hanging out, dick hanging out. Yeah, they yeah, just they, completely naked. They didn't care. I'll leave with y'all like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, all right, you go, keep asking me here. All right, I'll go out and do something. Fire! <laughs> And the and the big secret act everybody was waiting for it turned out to, turned out to be a video of Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was just too much. That letting that rumor perpetuate and not have anything. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah these these people were complete idiots with this man. Complete. Cause you, cause you, you, you know you know you notice how like so many people had left early. They were like, all right, I've had enough of this. I'm going home, but everybody else, like, no, nah, man, you got to stay to see this final secret act. Ooh, you're gonna hear about it, but I'm gonna be mm-hmm. here for it. And yeah, nothing. Oh, no, the, the, the final act was something. <laughs> <laughs> and for my last act, <laughs> I love how they just kept going on and on and on. Yeah, the, the festival was done, it was, it was done, it was finished. And they like, no, it ain't. <laughs> You know, people. Here's 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 uh, here's something that you need to know about this festival here, because we've been talking about all the people who are to blame, and yes, the organizers they are 100% to blame for this, man. Just for negligence and being irresponsible, and just stupid with and this. And cutting corners. That's yeah. That's that's very true. That because so much of it, it could have worked, but they cut so many corners in the name of we got to turn a profit. Yes, and they absolutely. subcontracted out the sanitation and the food. 
Yeah. And I love how everybody was subcontracted for, for sanitation went, ooh, I'm not going in there. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just trash everywhere. Even, even the paramedics, they're like, these people need your help. That's shit. Let them die. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, fire department. Yeah. Yeah. You got to put fires out. That's your job. <laughs> no, no. no I ain't. <laughs> We're skipping this one. My job is to live. <laughs> they're like, there's, there's eight fires going on in there. I ain't going in there. <laughs> Here, shit, here's a bucket yeah. of water. Here, you go do it. Here. Here's some marshmallows and graham crackers. Take your ass out there. <laughs> we ain't going out in that bitch. The fire department said no. Yeah. <laughs> shit. How many people died at that one? How many people died at that? I, you know what? I don't know how many people died. There were four rapes though oh, that wow. were reported. At least. At least. Yeah. At least. In, they got in front report. of everybody. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah these people were drugged out, man. Drunk. They were. Yeah. They were. They were insane. They have videos of. Uh, People's eyes just dilate, man. Just wild. Like they didn't even know where they were. They didn't. They 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 look like uh they look like zombies. Yeah, yeah. And it's, yeah. it's hot, so all the girls are wearing bikinis with with short shorts. Anytime they're on a dude's shoulder, you get sur- crowd surf. Dudes just feeling all over and ripping yeah. their clothes off. Yeah, I think that's the only great thing about the festival that no one died. <laughs> because it was very easy for people to do that. Like amazingly, now. so yeah, that was a, that was a miracle. Uh, and the thing is, I do blame the organizers 100% for what happened there. But that does not absolve the attendees no. for some blame there, too, mm-hmm. man. Listen, a lot of people are not going to like what I have to say about this because it's going to seem like I'm just going in and talking about a generation of people. And by, by the way, that's my generation, too. There's a lot of Gen X people there. That's the generation I'm from and younger. So I'm talking about my generation, man. But because I've always said this about generation I came up with uh, a lot of people at that time. Listen, it was a the generation I came up with. They were a different generation of youth uh, than the people from the from 1969. Mm -hmm. You know, the it was a different time in 1969, man. Those people were responding to social movements that the youth in 1999 did not have, you know, uh, when you think about what was going on in uh, in 1969 and just a few years before, you had Vietnam, you had uh, the Civil Rights March still kind of going on in a way. You know, you had assassinations of several people. You know, just JFK was a few years before. Uh, Martin Luther King, Martin Luther King was just, uh, that was 1968. Martin Luther King was just assassinated a year before. Mm-hmm. So... You know, seeing all these, all these uh, traumatizing events uh, televised constantly, man, with no, and no distractions of video games, no instant society with the computers that we had, like when I was coming up, instant everything, no endless amount of TV programming. Fewer and, ways to ignore everything that yeah, was going on. Yeah, there were no distractions, man. And, and, and when you look at Woodstock uh, 1969, I mean, it was like those people really needed each other, man. Mm-hmm. They need to they need to console each other, mm-hmm. and that's why these people you know that's that's why these people weren't acting a fool at that time, man. They needed to counter the fear and the anxiety that all these people were feeling. And they were, shit. I mean, nuclear war was a thing that was you know driving people crazy. There was a lot of stuff, you know. That was the counterculture. What it was about? It was about countering that culture that you know the warmongers and the greedy people and the business people that came before them mm-hmm. before they became the warmongers and the greedy people <laughs> and the business people later on in life but uh the generation of, of woodstock 99 i said this about my generation and you know a few generations after and before uh 
it was shallow, man. No one had any, no, we didn't have the kind of obstacles and, and, and big social issues like they had in 1969. Well, they referenced the movie Fight Club, and that's what that is about, is not having that direction, that, that uh, yeah, not having the wars or the purpose. So you got yeah. these angry young men who don't know where to channel all this. Yeah, it was, yeah, that, you know, this was at a time when wars were being fought more by computers and locations and whatnot. It was, uh, you know, we didn't see, we had, we had the distractions. We didn't, you know, even when there were wars going on, we didn't see them. You know, uh, it was a, just, it was a, it was a time where people were just kind of coasting, man. And people didn't really have, uh, they didn't have those issues like they did in '69, man. I didn't, they, they, they'll show you in the, in the, in the, in the, in the documentary, man. You know, when people were worried about the Vietnam War and racism and, and, and sexism back in, you know, 1969 and, you know, greed and things like that, what were people worried about in 1999 at Woodstock? I'm sick of the Backstreet Boys on MTV Live. I'm sick of that. You know, it's fucking bullshit. Don't hold back on me. I'm not holding back. I hate that There you go. Motherfuckers mad at MTV because of the Backstreet Boys. Mm -hmm. That's what they had to worry about. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, nobody would have been saying shit like that no. at Woodstock Full 1969. Angry about it too. Yeah. You know, th th that shallowness was in contrast to Woodstock 69 because, you know, people were high, they were on hallucinogens, but they were still mellow and they looked after each other. Uh, Woodstock 1999, that shit was just a, it was just, it was just, people were, were high and looking out for themselves, man. It was mostly lead, you know, it was, it was, it was drug-fueled hedonism, man. You know, people just concerned about their needs about their party and their fun, what they wanted, and mostly led by a bunch of dude bros and frat boys out there. You know, it, shit, free love? I don't care if it's free or not, I'll take it. <laughs> right. Shit, yeah, you got damn right it's free, <laughs> whether you give it to me or not. You know, because that was the thing, one of the most horrible things that happened, and we already said it was rape. You know, there, was, there were at least four reported rapes there. And I don't even get into the details, but there was one that was kind of heartbreaking because it was somebody underage. And that underage person probably didn't even know mm -hmm. that it happened. Yeah, they probably passed out at the time. And I ain't going to lie, it seemed like it was fun at first because they had the rave tent. And people in there, they didn't give a shit. There was ecstasy being passed around and people fucking against the walls. Mm -hmm. And I was like, at that moment, like, shit, I wish I was there. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you would have caught a case. Yeah, shit, I would have had trench dick. How the hell is that? But, yeah, you know, and that's the funny thing about hearing people say, hey, would you do it again? Oh, yeah, it was a time of my life. And I was like, man, that just kind of feels weird hearing that when you know that people got sexually assaulted there. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah, and the organizer's like, well, we, we would have done something if they had said something. Man. I know. What, yeah. what the fuck are they going to talk about? Ain't talking about people behaving like a bunch of animals. Motherfucker, we are animals. <laughs> this is proved to me. We ain't no different from animals out there. We goddamn just a, we planet of the apes. Yeah. Which they make the comparison to. Yes. Man. Yeah, we ain't just, we monkeys like them, man. And I ain't saying that no racist love. We all, just, we all just animalistic. It just takes the, it just takes the right or wrong thing, mm -hmm. the right ingredients to bring it out of us. But the right circumstances that don't go your way. Yeah. These fools out here fucking like animals and throwing shit around like animals and I mean yeah they were they were crazy man a lot of nudity though <laughs> I tell you that yes, much that's true and, well, I, listen on a lighter note a lot of fine ass girls <laughs> out there man I ain't saying I would have done anything to them but I mean that was god damn but, but just considering how they end up it makes it I don't know harder to well I don't, I don't think all of them ended up like that <laughs> I know but he's like 
Did she get raped? Did she get raped? Shit, no. That shit, there were plenty of them who said, I had the time of my life. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> asked one girl, would you do it again? Absolutely. I saw everything I came to see. Said, I'll do it again. So I was like, all right, okay. Uh, but yeah, was, that's one of the things you got to look out for. There's a lot of chicks who are probably embarrassed right now seeing themselves on this documentary. Because they, they let it all hang out. Ass up in the air, titties hanging out. Mm. Yeah, man. So, I mean, hey, look, if you're looking for the scenery there, yeah, you know. Uh, I, I, it it could have been beautiful if so many people weren't getting groped and grabbed. Right. Well, you, you know, you, you, talking to the, the concert uh, goers, they, there was an attitude of like, I paid $150 for this ticket. I should be able to do whatever I want. <laughs> That's how they feel. Yeah. yeah. Like, Enti- even, well, even now. There was an entitlement that was going on yeah. there. You know, <clears throat> somebody said, no, man, asses were flat back in the 90s. Yes, all asses. <laughs> like, like we didn't evolve into like bubbly asses until the two thousands. <laughs> but that's a hell of a statement. <laughs> Somebody chat. I don't know who that was. <laughs> no, man. I'm glad to be out of that. <laughs> we didn't have no fat asses until two thousands. <laughs> uh, on another, on another positive note here. Uh, MTV reporter, I think a VJ, some Amanda Lewis. She ain't changed at all. I know. I was like, damn. Yeah, girl. yeah. When they when they do the flashback to show her, I was like, wait a minute. Because is, is she a vampire? <clears throat> or, or is she one of these people who, yeah. who who's endless, who never, <laughs> who they never age and live forever, and then just to change her identity ever so yeah. often? Because I was like, girl, you you overdue for changing your identity or yeah. coming back as your your daughter. Shit, maybe she's a Highlander. You look yeah. something, a vampire. You know, you say that anybody died Wood, uh, Woodstock. Yeah, she did. <laughs> but she came back. <laughs> you can't destroy her. <laughs> yeah, I think she's 120 years old in that picture okay. right there. It makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I will say this. To add just another social spin to this, and this is going to probably piss some people off, but those who know what I'm talking about know what I'm talking about. And again, I don't mean to put a racial spin on this, but this is another situation. So they made a whole documentary about mainly white people, mainly white males, a bunch of white dude bros out there losing their, losing their shit. And they made a whole documentary, three episodes, talking about how did this happen? I know. You know, they always. Time, I got sick of them asking that yeah, question. I always talk about how does this happen? You know, and I always ask this because people think like, wow, white people usually don't do this. <laughs> White people have lost their shit mm-hmm. forever. Yeah, but every time it happens with white people doing this, people are like, how how could this have happened? The riot at the at the, the 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 insurrection, uh, January sixth. Yeah, January sixth. Right. How how could that? Because white people are fucking crazy like everybody else. You know, everybody's crazy. It's like, but when see, this is what makes me upset about this because you make a documentary to ask why people went crazy at a music festival because they were on fucking drugs. They had a lot of beer. It was hot out there. They didn't handle the right. The fucking answers are there before mm. you even had to cut on the camera. Right. But then you turn around and look at people who actually complain and make stage riots for when we see people get killed by the police. We see people who actually get mistreated by the government. Well, those people are prone to violence anyway. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was like, you know, that's one of the things I'm glad that this came out because the more we see this shit, because... Today, you know, we get more and more footage that gets out there quicker, more stuff collected, more ways to see all this shit happening. 
you know, because, yeah, it, 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 yeah, somebody said, yeah, it's a clear double standard out there. You know, and I'm glad we get shit like this because now you see that, you know, white people get just as crazy as fucking anybody else. You get, and, I, and I'm not even, some of these people got mad. Not all of them were getting, you know, crazy because they wanted to grab titties and ass. You know, some of them were getting mad because they just lost their shit because their, their brains were fried by the heat. Right. You know, and they just got caught up. Yeah, they were being screwed over. Yeah. And some of them knew it and they were angry about it. And guess what? They looted the fuck out of that. That festival, right? They stole CDs, ATM machines. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I had to leave right when they got to the ATM machine. I was like, oh no, I want to see this part. Yeah, they stole shit just like, you know, don't ever talk about us stealing TVs and shit. Uh -huh. they, they looted the fuck out that festival and then burned it to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> So don't you don't you say shit about us going crazy whenever we see like police violence happening or the government screws us over. You know, fuck anybody. Anybody get fed up? Anybody that gets fed up, they're gonna start tearing shit up. <laughs> yeah, them motherfuckers stormed the Capitol. Well, because we are tired and sick and tired of what? Not getting your fucking way? Yeah, you know, just anybody. <laughs> but you people, you you can't wait to tear your shit up. <laughs> fuck out. You just want a television. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it had nothing to do with televised murder. Uh, people filmed and, and post up murder. I had nothing to do with it. No, we just want a fucking, we just want a TV, man, and a microwave or whatever the fuck. We want a P, we want a PS5. <laughs> well, I do want a PS5. Yeah, well, I'll get you one, man. <laughs> Let me just start this fire. <laughs> okay, okay. You know, I'd, I'd hate to have to tear some shit up. Yeah, somebody said, let me. Oh yeah, I forgot. And a blender. I, I could use a new blender right now. Get a get a uh, Vitamix. <laughs> Which one? The Vitamix. Vitamix, okay. Yeah. Well, before I throw that trash can through the window, I'll make sure. Now, the Vitamix, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, listen, I, if I had anything negative to say about this, because I'm going to give this a matinee. Now, the reason why I give this a matinee is because it's three episodes long, and it gets a little repetitive because they talk to the same people over and over again. And, that's, and it's not like they don't have anything to say. It's just made me feel like, you know, for something that's three hours long, having the same people there who did have something to say, just did, did feel like they were kind of stretching it out a little bit. Uh, so, you know, it's, but it's perfect for TV. But then you're saying, well, why not give it a rental? Because a rental seems to, like, you know, insinuate that it's of lesser quality. No, I'm, I'm giving this a, a matinee because while it was just a, a tad little bit too long, uh, it's very comprehensive still. Uh, you know, it's it, the way they assemble all this and compile all this information. And like I said, man, I appreciated that it let the footage talk for itself. It, there was more footage that was speaking for itself than the people who were actually giving testimonies. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed this, man. But like I said, I love looking at stuff like this, you know, just watching how, the world burn. Yeah, I do. I'm a joker <laughs> with this shit. Man. Yeah. yeah, so it's a matinee for me. I love it. That, that, how could this happen? Like, well, the minute you had Stephen Baldwin show up, <laughs> that, that's when you know things are going to go bad. Who was uh, high himself? You look yeah. At, look, look at, look at, yeah, look at this goofy out there. <laughs> hey, everybody. Uh, like, I, I felt a lot like you. I, I felt like it was, some of it was too long and repetitive with the we don't know how this could happen. This is a disaster. <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah, you, everybody's kind of repeating the same thing. <laughs> and I was looking at more of a, a rental or, or maybe a, a, a low matinee. But the third episode, the ending brings it home. Uh, when, you, when you get to that, because up to that point, I was like, I know everybody wants to have that, that fire festival documentary. And this, <laughs> this ain't all that. But maybe it's there, like... Oh shit! All right, you uh, you you just did it. You brought it home now. 
Wow. <laughs> I was like, bro, bro, you you know you know how to build it up <laughs> and save all the good shit for the end. Yeah. And like, wow, this really happened, huh? So yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. It's it's a high matinee. Yeah. No, it's 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 enjoyable, man. I I I have been wanting to watch this for a while, and I'm so glad that we had the day. Because I'm telling it. you, if you think about watching this and you just see all the clips we sh- we showed, you think like, oh, they they set one fire. No, it, it's fires all over, and it all these towers that they yeah. had cameras and speakers on, they are ripping down. It really does look like something out of uh, Mad Max. Yeah, yeah, apocalyptic, yeah. man. Yeah, it, yeah, it was it was wild. Like if you wild. if you just wanted some stock footage for your you know your small film for the end of the world you can take it from here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I didn't get to see the last bit because it was kind of on a cliffhanger because those people were yeah you say in the Alamo they were all huddled up I was, and they were like when dude had one board trying to make a barricade I'm like that ain't gonna hold shit. no yeah oh man they put up like it's it's wild because they start barricading themselves in. Like it was a zombie movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they put that piece of wood across <laughs> that door <laughs> and hammering it in. Yeah, I'm yeah. Like, is that the only wood you got? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs>